Hello, you are listening to a podcast where we are diving into the foster care world. My name is Lindsay Emerson. I am a family therapist for TFCO, which is a program within Savio House. And I am Lauren Chitwood, and I'm the foster care recruiter and trainer at Savio House. Today we are talking with Diane, who has been a foster parent in our program for five years, and also a former foster youth of hers named Gabby. Hi, I'm Diane Arthur, and I am a foster mom, and Gabby was um, one of my foster kids a few years ago. How long were you guys living in the same home? For the like first nine time, months. like nine months, or maybe a little less, and then she came back the second time because she was in a group home and it wasn't working out well, so she called me and uh, we figured out a way to make it work and she lived with me until she got transitional housing where she is now. So we're just curious about how long you've been doing foster care. I have been doing foster care for five years. And so what? What led you to becoming a foster parent? I have three daughters and uh, one of, two of them were like really great and never gave me a hard time. And then the other one, I thought I was gonna lose my mind. Um, she was very, very oppositional and I had a lot of issues with her. And so I just, when I heard about this program, I really uh, liked it because I thought that I could help parents that have just lost control of their kids and uh, able to, help their daughter to be able to go back and live with them as a family, mm -hmm. just to provide structure for the kids and stuff. So that's why that's why I do it. So it sounds like you specifically take female? Um, yes, I, I like to take, um, yeah, I only take uh, girls and adolescents preferably. I like them to be a little older because I just feel like they're more mature. Yeah. I have had a few 12 year olds and actually the, the the girl that I had that was 12 probably gave me the biggest run for my money. Yeah. So, um, yeah, after that, I, I just thought that it was better to have a little older kids. Um, so bef leading into that, what were your deepest concerns before becoming a foster parent? I guess just making sure I still had a little time for me. But I really didn't have, I think I'm kind of different than a lot of foster parents because I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I've worked in schools all my life so nothing really phases me too much mm -hmm. um, and I know it's funny because I talk to other people and they're like I don't know how you can do that because you have to worry about so many things but really um, I don't really think I had any concerns about like what they might do it was more of just being able to manage my time and make sure I still had time to do the things that I want to do too it sounds like you do. It sounds like everyone's always going around to your appointments with you. And <laughs> yeah, and I'm silly. And what I like is I have respite once a month, so I'm able to go on a short little trip. Or what's really also great about this program is what the main idea is is to get the the foster kid back to their parents. So they start having visits when they're on level two because this. Um, program is on based on a level system and they start having like four hour visits and they go to six hour visits and then eventually they're um, they go for the weekend so I basically have my weekends off mm -hmm. because usually the foster kid is with their parents or whoever they're going to go back and live with so um, can you explain what respite is for those so know? respite is when they go into another home for the weekend um, and then that way I'm allowed to have time you know the weekend off so I can do a short little trip or just have time to myself. That's so important. Did you go to respite, Gabby? No. Ever? No? So you don't have any insight on it? <clears throat> no, I mean, I, not when I was living with her, but I mm -hmm. went to like Kim and Chad's. Kim and Chad's? Yeah. 
The people I was supposed to live with. Oh, I yeah. did, but yeah. it didn't work. So I think, yeah, I think, I think in the beginning I didn't do respite a lot because mm-hmm. I felt bad. I didn't want them to go. But now since I've been in the program a while and I know that there's only like two or three families that we that they go to and I know them, then I feel comfortable with them going there mm-hmm. for sure. But honestly, if you want me to be honest, the last, uh, the last girl I had, <laughs> I had her for almost six months and she had at the most a four hour visit and it never really went well with her dad. So um, I had absolutely no time to myself and that was hard. Yeah, it's really important to have that time for yourself so you can be sane with parent daily with these kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool, so you said people often say to you, I couldn't do that. What do you say to them? Well, I think it just takes a certain type of personality to be able to do that. If you're the kind of person that constantly worries about everything, um, then it probably would be hard for you. So you have to have the, you have to have a personality where you can take stuff in stride and not get too stressed out. If you really get stressed out about every little thing, then probably it's not good to try to become a foster parent. Or maybe it would be better to be on the more traditional side because the kids I work with normally, you know, have sometimes they have charges. Um, sometimes they're involved in drugs. Um, you know, they act out sexually. They have a lot of different issues. Um, the, you know, they're all different. So yeah, it sounds like you're accepting of them, however they come to you. I try to be. Yeah, but I'm not going to lie. Some of the kids I've had, you know, we have had kind of personality conflicts, and you know. It's hard, hard sometimes to get along. It just all depends on the kid. Yeah, and you just have to remember why you did it in the first place, right? Right, uh-huh. Go back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you ever do any other foster care programs or just TFCO? No, this is the only one I've ever done. Yeah, how'd you hear about it? Um, I actually heard about it when I was at a training for at school. Um, I just started talking to somebody next to me and they worked for Savio. Oh. And they started telling me about it. So then I checked into it and decided to do it. And then I had my home visit. And then and then I was off and running. Yeah. How many years did you say? Five. Wow. Five years. Yeah, I've been doing it for five years. Uh-huh. And so how would you explain your experience of foster care so far? Well, I've definitely had some interesting stories. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's not boring. <laughs> um, no, it's not. It's never boring. It's never boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I like I look at Gabby and, you know, she's starting she's actually starting college tomorrow and it's like that yeah that makes me feel so so good because I just feel like that sometimes you know as much as I try you know I feel like that the kids still really you know aren't where they need to be but I I feel like Gabby Gabby has gone through a lot and she's been in a lot of different uh, places and so I'm just really really proud of her and I she knows I'm going to be on her constantly to make sure she's doing what she needs to do. Um, what's your relationship like now that she's out of the program? It's really good. She comes over for dinner. We go do things sometimes. She, I actually, when she was with me, took her to Ormond Beach in Florida. And she had never been on a plane and never been to the beach. So that was really cool. And uh, my mom lives down there. And, um, and now Gabby has a relationship with my mom. And she just went to see my mom for a week by herself so yeah she had a lot of fun her and my mom and what's your how has your relationship with Gabby been different than other foster children you've had in the past 
Well, I have a few foster kids that um, come back and I have dinner with and stuff like that. And, you know, um, I don't know. I guess Gabby and I just, out of all the kids I've ever had, have bonded the most. Yeah. We're kind of, we're kind of, we're kind of alike, I guess. We're both have very A-type personalities and are very opinionated. Mm -hmm. But that also got us in trouble when she was at the house too because sometimes we got in arguments. The worst thing Gabby ever did to me, I'll have to tell you. Let's hear it. So the worst thing Gabby ever did to me is that when you turned on, (laughs) when you were in the shower, (laughs) yeah, when you were in the shower, you couldn't turn on the sink in the kitchen or like all the hot water would go away and it would be freezing cold. And she used to do that to me. But I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) I told you I'm gonna be really honest. The worst thing a kid ever did to me is put my toothbrush in the toilet. And the way I found that out is <laughs> oh boy. I saw a note she wrote and it said, yeah, I put my mom, my foster mom's toothpaste, toothbrush in the toilet today. So oh that kind of freaked Daddy. me out. But that's probably <laughs> that wasn't the me. worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> no, just the water. Um, it, yeah. was, it was it was after I read <laughs> it. <laughs> I bet your teeth were real sparkly. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the worst thing, I think. Yeah. But you got to laugh about it. You got to laugh yeah, about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it wasn't even a question for you to yeah. have Gabby back in your home. Yeah, no, I, I told I told uh, the supervisor at Savio, um, I said, you know, we, we, we got fi- to help her. We got to figure out a way to make this work. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to be over there when it's not a good fit and, and it's not healthy for her when she's almost, you know, going to graduate. So it all worked out. So that was good. And they were trying to send me to, like, this place called... Uh, kind of, it was kind of like Excelsior, El Pueblo, and I was like, oh no, can't go back there. It's crazy, crazy. Yeah. So, so it looks like it seems like Savio is looking out for your best yeah. interest. Yeah. That's the thing about this program, Savio. I, I mean, there's so much help and there's so much support at at any given moment. I can call at three o'clock in the morning if I need to, and the people that work for this program really, really care about the kids. Um, and I, and through my job, I've seen different kind of programs where I don't think that they have the, sometimes the kids best interest at heart, but I, but I know in my heart that Savio, like their only goal is to help with whatever they can. And they go, they go overboard to like, help me if I need help picking up a kid. If I, I mean, whatever they can do, they're like right there to help me. So I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, someone's on call in our program 24-7, I'm pretty yeah. sure, yeah. Anytime I'm on call, I get, And I've had know, to call anytime. them before, yeah. you know? I've mm-hmm. had, no, I'm not going to lie, I've had yeah. kids run away, and then the police call me at 3 o'clock in the morning, and then I have to leave at 3 in the morning and go pick them up, and, um, you know, and then I'll have to call who's ever on call and let them know what's going on, and, you know, they always answer the phone, so... Mm-hmm. You know, it's great to know that I always have someone I can talk to if I need to. Yeah. And if I'm stressed out. You know, if I'm having a hard time, you know, I'll call them, especially, you know, the one supervisor that kind of like is my go-to person. And he's probably the calmest person I've ever met in my life. In fact, I say to him, because he's married, I say, have you ever gotten in a fight with your wife even? I'm like, gosh, so you're, it's, he's so calm and chill all the time. And he's always looking for the best in every situation. He does. No matter what's going on, he'll figure out the, the, what's the positive of it. And so it's really good. Sometimes I just call him and like rattle off and then he knows I just need to, yeah, he needs, knows I need to rattle off and then I'm like, 
calm again. So mm -hmm. it's great to be able to do that, to be able to vent and, you know, or sometimes I get really upset with parents of kids. Mm -hmm. Like I get so angry when I feel like they're like not doing what's best for their kid. And, um, you know, and that, then I can call him and say, oh, I'm so mad and, you know, let him know. And it's just, it's just really great to be able to vent to somebody. Mm -hmm. Because it's not like I can just call some, like, random friend and do that because they'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It seems, like, almost isolating in that way. Right. But you have this community of, and you mm -hmm. see other foster parents, right, weekly? Right. Weekly, we, we have mm -hmm. foster care meetings, so I'm able to connect with them. And, and, they can, and they can really relate to what we're talking about. And what I really like about those meetings, too, is that there's no filters. You just say how you feel. And no. there's no judgments. <laughs> there's no judgments at all. So it's right. great that way too. Mm -hmm. We do like to talk about, you know, the realistic side of things too, you know? You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just not the norm, but I just feel like with every kid I get, I figure out a way to adapt and make it work, you know? Because mm -hmm. every kid I get goes to a different school, has different interests. Uh, you know, is going home to, um, you know, it might be their mom and their dad, their aunt. I mean, it could be anybody that they're going back to. Um, so it's just all very different and very unique. And I always just figure out a way to make it work. So it's just not that hard for me. I guess the, I guess the hardest part is when it doesn't really work out, you know, and you can see it's not going to work out. Like, with them going home or whatever and that's super sad it's super sad to have to to have to tell a, a kid that you know well their their mom or their dad or whoever they're going to go back with decided they don't want them to be there right. so that's that's really hard and I've had to do that before you know I've had to you know I've had kids that it it never worked out and, and that's sad but um I try to teach when the kids were with me the main thing I try to do is teach them that look at there might be a lot of horrible things that have happened to you and that sucked, but you know what? There's always going to be people that are better off than you. There's always going to be people that are worse off than you, but you have to look forward because dwelling in the past gets you nowhere. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, like a rocking chair. Goes back and forth, but you don't go anywhere. I always say, you know, yeah, you just got to move forward, you know, and you got to be resilient. And I think that's why Gabby's been so successful because she's she's been resilient. And I don't know that if I was in 43 foster homes and places that I would be where Gabby is right now because I would probably be pretty darn angry. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for a while, Gabby was angry and pissed off at the world. But you know what? Sometimes she was treated really badly. And, you know, sometimes the system isn't, doesn't do what is best for the kid and but Gabby you know like you said she had to go within herself and figure out that she was going to move forward and she wasn't going to let all these things that have happened to her like make her an angry bitter person you know because she has her whole life ahead of her and life's to be enjoyed and that's what I've always told the kids you know if you don't like your circumstances now then you got to do whatever you can so when you're an adult you can, you know, if you want to get married, if you want to have kids, go to college, like have a good life, be able to go travel, like do things that are fun and enjoy life. Cause that's what life is not supposed to be like a daily horrible thing you go through. It's supposed to be fun and enjoyable. Not every second, but you know. And it, it seems like what that message um, is just, is showing people that they have control, you know, even right. when they might not think they do because of the system or whatever right. else, you know, you have control over some things. Right. Yeah.
So it sounds like Savio provided you with some opportunities for trainings and, um, you know, really listened to your voice when it came to who you wanted in your home and who you wanted to start um, foster parent relationships with. Can you give us a rundown of how that works? So that's what I really, really like about Savio. So when they're looking for a new uh, foster daughter for me, um, they'll send me information about say two or three kids, but it's not just little snippets. It's the whole tamale. It's, yeah, I'm surprised she took me. It's everything. You know, it's um, like every single thing they've ever done, every single thing that's ever happened to them. Like, I mean, basically, you know, everything they've gone through. And it's good because then I can really get a good picture of who I'm taking. Great. And what I have realized, and this is important, Kids look a lot worse on paper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they look so much worse on paper. You, you will see some kids and you, you will think, wow, no way. But they look a lot worse on paper. And um, so I just try to be really thoughtful about who I'm picking, who I think will be the best fit for me. Um, like I said, I do like to take older kids, but then some people might like, you know, younger kids. Um, but I think it's it's really important to have that say. The only kind of weird thing, and I don't even find it weird anymore, but when I tell my friends and family, when they first hear, they're like, that is bizarre. So basically I'll decide, okay, I'm gonna have, I've decided that I really think that this, this young lady will be a good fit for me. And basically what happens is the caseworker takes them to Savio and with all their stuff from wherever they're coming from, and it might be jail, it might be another, Pro residential program and they're in the conference room with all their stuffs in the caseworkers car and I walk in and meet them and then 45 minutes later they go home with me and I always think wow how they must feel so uncomfortable mm -hmm. like to just get in a car with a perfect stranger and go home with them. Yeah. I can't even imagine you know it, it must feel pretty weird but then there's but dogs and you feel better. I know <laughs> So I, I have dogs, yeah, and oh my gosh, when when Gabby comes over, my dogs go literally crazy. I'm um, so happy to see you. They're so happy to see her. Um, so that I think that really does make it good with the dogs and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just what I like about Savio, like I said, is they give you, you know, they give you a complete say in who you, you know, who you think would be a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. And they tell you all, they tell you the whole truth. They don't try to just say, oh, you know, this and that, but then they don't tell you about this and the other stuff. And they let me know exactly what I'm, you know, going to get. And that's important. So then I know what I need to look for, you know, what I need to be watching for, what I need to be talking to them about. So that's one thing I really like about Savio. Yeah. And they do provide trainings, um, a lot of trainings. Um, but I'm lucky because I get a lot of training through my, for, through my work. So I'm, I'm constantly having training on things that would apply to having a foster uh, kid. So that's good. Um, and they're very, and sometimes it gets aggravating because they're, they're very by the book. Mm -hmm. You know, like I hear some people from other programs say, oh, I haven't a caseworker come to my house in six months. Yeah. Everybody, whenever they're going to be there is be there. It's, I have a, the caseworker comes every month and then Savio comes once, twice a month. Um, they do unannounced visits, you know, I have to have 
this, this, and that in my house. I have to have a fire extinguisher upstairs, a fire extinguisher downstairs, and I always say to myself, I don't know how I raised my three daughters without two fire extinguishers in my house, and we made it. But they're very strict about everything, your little first aid kit, this, and this has to be put away, but it's good because, you know, they're looking out and making sure you're doing everything by the book, and they're very strict like that, so that's good. So I do appreciate that, although sometimes it can be aggravating yeah. when you're trying to, you know, figure out when you can do a home visit. And like, just like when you get a foster kid, you know, within 48 hours, you have to call for them to have a physical. I take them to the dentist. I have to take them to the dentist, the eye doctor, if they need to go to get a physical, the psychiatrist, if they're on meds, and we have to do all that, you know, right away to make sure that they're getting what they need. So that's, they're very, you know, they're very structured about that and it's good. And sometimes they really need to go. I had a foster daughter one time that had never been to the dentist and had 22 cavities. So that was pretty intense. But so, yeah, they're just really, Savio's like awesome. Anybody else I talk to, um, when I tell them all the different things that Savio provides, they're just blown away. But I think that people are scared to become foster parents because they're scared of the unknown. But I think if they just try it, they'll see that it's not as scary as people make it out to be. And you can do it still with a full-time job. Yeah, I have a full-time job, um, and I still do it, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm single, and, you know, it still works. Single and ready to mingle. Single and ready to mingle, yeah. (laughs) Well, it's true. Just like, believe it or not, this weekend I had a date. I haven't had a date in a long time. And my daughter, and my daughter Amanda came over and watched my foster daughter now, and yeah, it was great. she was over there. So, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) you got to make it work. See, I'm, I'm, I'm a problem solver. Yeah. I'm a problem solver. You got to be a problem solver. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I highly recommend you just checking it out, checking out the program. They provide you a lot of training, and um, I think that you'll get a lot of satisfaction out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, would you recommend people who are unsure to try out respite first? Is that something? I, I think that out? would be good, yeah. yeah. Um, I tried respite. I think I did respite a couple times before, yeah. um, before, I, before I got my first kid. Um, so, yeah, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. You mean it takes a while to go through the training, and they do a very, very extensive home, like, what is it called? A study, home, home study. study. Yeah, they do a very extensive home study. Um, so that, that takes a few months, but other than that, um, then you're ready to go after the training. Um, Diana, is there anything that you've learned about yourself through this process? Oh yeah, that's why I just love working with kids and I think having foster kids is because they're always teaching me things about myself and they're always calling me on my stuff. Even if they don't know they're calling me on my stuff, they are. So it's, it's just a great way to keep on growing and maturing. So I really appreciate that about them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. You can learn more about Savio House on www.saviohouse.org. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Savio House offers three different types of foster care, traditional, TFCO, and therapeutic. If you would like to learn more, call Lauren at 720-530-1392 or make sure you visit us online at www.saviohouse.org and make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Mm